Okay, hello everybody, today is Wednesday, and on Wednesdays this year, I've been doing a regular segment about the Long Island Serial Killer. But before we begin, I have just a couple of quick announcements. The first one is that this show is available for free downloads at Launchpad 1. There's a link to that in the description box. That is the pure podcast version, audio only, but you can download it on the go, take it anywhere and anyhow. If you would like to download the video version with the images, you can use YouTube Premium, but that one you have to pay for. Launchpad 1 is free, the link is in the description box. And if you would like to make a contribution to support all of these efforts, there is a page for this channel on buymeacoffee.com. It's under the name BlackboxNid88, the same name as my Instagram handle, but there is a link to that in the description box as well. Many links available, and a whole lot of things um, to explore, for lack of a better term. But as I said, I've been doing this regular segment about the Long Island serial killer, and it's a very difficult mystery to evaluate because we don't truly know when the Long Island serial killer began operating, and we don't truly know when the crimes ended, or could there have been some other crimes committed by this person or group of people in a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And the reason why it's so difficult is that there are almost no solid reports of someone taking credit for the crimes. Maybe a couple phone calls here and there, but definitely not something like Jack the Ripper or the Zodiac Killer. When someone is writing in letters, bragging about the crimes, giving details that only he and the police would know, absolutely not. And furthermore, many victims in the Long Island serial killer case have gone are still unidentified to this day. To start from the beginning, the first confirmed victim, according to the authorities based on their own forensic understandings, was the Fire Island Jane Doe who was murdered in 1996. Her body was mutilated and dismembered. The second one was Peaches Jane Doe who was murdered in 1997 as well as her daughter who was referred to as Baby Doe also mutilated and dismembered. In 2000, the Long Island serial killer murdered Valerie Mack, mutilated and dismembered. In 2003, Jessica Taylor was murdered by the Long Island serial killer. Her body was mutilated and dismembered. And in 2007, a woman who is uh, simply known as Cherry's Jane Doe was murdered, mutilated, and dismembered. But it's not um, completely clear who was responsible for that. She is listed as a possible victim of the Long Island serial killer. If I had to make a decision right now, I would expect that Cherry's Jane Doe was a genuine victim of the Lisk. But this is when the early sets of crimes are coming to an end. This group of murders here that I've just said, possibly from 1996 to 2007, are referred to as the Manorville Butcher years, because the authorities knew very well that a serial killer was operating. They called this person the Manorville Butcher, and Valerie Mack, whom I said was murdered in 2000, was originally known as Manorville Jane Doe, and she was unidentified for about 18 years, and then DNA was able to reveal that her name was Valerie Mack. But that's the problem with this mystery, and that's where the debate is. People have no idea if it is even the same serial killer who continued to operate after the murder of Cherry's Jane Doe 
or even after the murder of Jessica Taylor in 2003. Is this one single person who chose to stop killing? Or is this a group of people? Is this just two serial killers who happened to use the same part of Gilgo Beach on Long Island as a dumping ground? I mean, we're simply unaware of all the specifics. But to continue onward with the timeline, in 2007, the Long Island serial killer would murder Maureen Brainerd Barnes, but she was not mutilated. Her body was not dismembered, instead she was strangled, and Maureen would be the first victim of the Gilgo Four, perhaps some of the most famous victims of the list. Then, later on, the next one was Melissa Bartolome, who was murdered in 2009. Again, she is strangled, and her body was dumped very close to Maureen Brainerd Barnes's body in two. Th that was in 2009, yes, but it's still in the secluded area of Gilgo Beach. Now, to get to today's topic, the Long Island serial killer would murder his next victim, Megan Waterman, and she is a, she is a victim of the Gilgo Four, or she is part of the group that has been known as the Gilgo Four. She was strangled, she was not mutilated, and at least two of the victims that were found in this grouping that has been called the Gilgo Four were found in rolled burlap, which they believe was used to quicken the decomposition process. But you may have noticed that the Long Island serial killer targeted Maureen Brainerd Barnes in 2007. In the um, earlier uh, part of the summer, I believe, it's actually listed as yeah July 9th of 2007, and then in June of 2008, there's a possible crime that Melissa Bartolome was uh, murdered in July of 2009, and then another possible victim of the Long Island serial killer was actually Shannon Gilbert, whom I have several episodes about here on this channel, but I personally don't believe Shannon was killed by the Long Island serial killer. And in June of 2010, the Long Island serial killer goes after Megan Waterman. I'm sure some of you are already pointing out, okay, something's going on. We're dealing with the months of June and July. Now, we don't necessarily know everything about all the earlier victims, but this seems very, very seasonal. I mean, these are the, especially with these three victims of the Gilgo Fourth. Let me go through these dates one more time and just point out how um, close together in terms of proximity they are. Maureen Brainerd Barnes is um, last seen in June of uh, 2007. She was reported missing on July 14th of 2007. So um, then the next one is Melissa Bartolome, who uh, went missing on July 12th of 2009. And then to today's um, case, June 6, 2010, is when Megan Waterman is last seen. So, um, does that not suggest something about the killer's behavior and habits? I think absolutely yes. And the um, full uh, segment that has been written out by about Megan Waterman on GilcoCase.com is as follows. June 6, 2010, Megan Waterman, age 22, was last seen in Hopage, New York. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's probably Hopeg, H-A-U-P-P-A-U-G-E. But Megan Waterman was last seen walking toward a nearby convenience store. She had been staying in a Holiday Inn Express 
and was captured by security camera walking out at 1.30 a.m. Megan's body was discovered on December 13, 2010, beside Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. She had been strangled. The Long Island serial killer is also known as the Craigslist killer and the uh, Craigslist ripper, the Gilgo Beach killer. So many of the women were targeted because they were working in the sex work field, even though they've been unable to identify several of the victims and they're still referred to as Jane Doe's. The authorities still believe that they were working in uh, some form of prostitution or escorting. But there has been new footage revealed about the disappearance and murder of Megan Waterman. It's only until recently that they released the um, imagery surrounding her leaving the hotel. But as you see, this is still an unsolved case. However, I do have to give credit to CBS News, even though I haven't said the most praiseworthy things about them in the past. I really do appreciate how they put together all these um, articles about each of the individual victims of the Gilgo Four. And I would like to go over to this one here that is going to tell the story of Megan Waterman and her family members. And one more time, this is from CBSNews.com. And this one was put out in December of 2020. On the 10-year anniversary of the discovery of the first victims of the Long Island serial killer, 48 Hours did a news special that went inside New York City's biggest unsolved murder case. Lily Waterman is 14 years old now, but she was just 3 years old when her mother Megan Waterman disappeared. Megan was one of the four women whose remains were found discarded near Gilgo Beach on Long Island in 2010. Lily tells her mother tells the story of her mother on television. I can't bring her back. I never got to say the words I love you. Absolutely uh, saddening when you hear about it. Lily's mom, Megan Waterman, was 22 years old and was the youngest of the four victims whose bodies were discovered near Gilgo Beach. Megan was last seen on June 6 of 2010, leaving a Holiday Inn Express in New York. She became a victim of the Gilgo Four. Investigators found three other bodies in the area near Megan Waterman's remains and were stunned when they stumbled upon the victims of a serial killer. They dubbed the four sets of remains the Gilgo Four. The killer had left puzzling clues. All the bodies had been discarded in a similar fashion, roughly 500 feet apart, and then swathed them in burlap. But I think the important parts to remember is that almost everybody is in some type of consensus that the Gilgo Four were murdered by the same person. I mean, I suppose anything is possible, but it um, just doesn't seem like there is a separate killer that is targeting these four women, not to mention with the fact that they're all targeted around June or July, and you have one in 2007, 2009, 2010. I mean, why wasn't there a victim in 2008? Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't, because you don't have someone consistently taking credit for the crimes. But when I did the episode on Melissa Bartolome, very clearly somebody did call her sister and made a taunting phone call, and it seems like that person was indeed the killer. So does that not suggest that we have some type of multiple killers operation going on, and that the um, Manorville butcher that was operating in the early part of, um, well, I guess it's the late 90s and the early 2000s, that that was a different person? I mean, I simply don't know because of the problem that 
at least three, maybe four victims of the Manorville Butcher are unidentified. So how on earth would somebody be able to say that there was no phone call made? We don't even know the names of the victims, let alone no one has spoken to their family members. How would they? How would that even be possible? I mean, and as I said, Valerie Mack wasn't identified until 18 years afterward. I mean, did somebody not make a phone call and maybe something didn't go through completely? People wouldn't necessarily have knowledge of it. It's an unsolved case for a reason. But to look at the uh, missing persons poster for Megan Waterman, she was 22 years old when she went missing. She weighed 145 pounds. Her eye color was brown. Her hair was either brown or bleached blonde, and she was five foot five. I think five foot five is on the taller side of the Long Island serial killer victims, because what they often try to point out is that the Long Island serial killer would go after petite women who were sex workers, and were usually around four foot ten to five feet inches tall. So I think that um, this is definitely on the taller side, but. I don't, I definitely don't think that there's any type of rule book that this person was following. He was probably just going after the particular escort who was available. Now, how was this person luring the Gilgo for? And why did this person decide to change the way that the crimes were committed if there are indeed, if there is indeed a single killer? It's all a mystery, but you can share your ideas in the comment section down below. There are actually several different missing persons pages that have been created for Megan Waterman. This one says, Megan Waterman was 22 years old when she went missing. She is the mother of a young daughter and is from Scarborough, Maine. Megan was last seen with her boyfriend at a Holiday Inn on Sunday, June 6, 2010, in Long Island. According to the police reports, she was last seen at 1.30 a.m. Her family is very worried that she would not just up and go missing and did not make contact with her family and friends and especially would call to check on her young daughter. Both Scarborough Police and Suffolk County, New York Police are investigating. Megan is 5 feet inches tall, approximately 145 pounds, with brown eyes and bleach blonde hair. Police said that she has a birthmark on her forearm, and on her right arm there is a mole, and as well as one on the side of her face, and a back tattoo and a left forearm tattoo. So I think that from the very beginning, a lot of people were very concerned about these women. And it really goes to show you that they were well connected with their lives. I mean, and all of the stories of the Gilgo Four, and as you see, Megan Waterman is the third one. Very clearly, they were still very much connected to their lives. We've talked about some true crime cases on the channel where sometimes like people would go off to Alaska and separate themselves from the family entirely. And some of them ended up being victims of the serial killer Robert Christian Hansen, the butcher baker. But with these three victims of the Gilgo Four, they're doing this for the money, so it seems, especially with the case of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who didn't work as an escort full-time. She would go into the city for a few weekends here and there, and then would operate out of a motel room. Melissa Bartolome operated somewhat differently. She would wait outside, not exactly like street walking, but more or less approaching clients in a practical place. But I said that there was a recent development with the story of Megan Waterman, and that is mostly just that the imagery from her last sighting, Still Alive, was released, 
There's an article that was put out on April 13th of 2022. That's this year at the time of this recording. It's available at lawandcrime.com, written by Marissa Sarnoff, just citing the source. Police in Long Island have released a video that they say contains the last known sighting of one of the victims in a decades-long homicide investigation. Megan Waterman was 22 years old and last seen in June of 2010. Her remains were discovered later along Ocean Parkway near Kilgo Beach on New York's Long Island. She is believed to have been one of at least 10 victims killed between 1996 and 2010, whose remains have been discovered in the area. Waterman's remains were found along Ocean Parkway on December 13th of 2010. And I'm sure you guys have already heard the story, but Shannon Gilbert went missing while the Gilgo Four murders were still operating, but her body hadn't been found yet. The Gilgo Four's bodies had not been found yet. And because of the search for Shannon Gilbert, they discovered more or less a serial killer graveyard. But um, Shannon Gilbert went missing and she um, made a frantic 911 call. Multiple 911 calls were made and they have been released to the public. She also was an escort who um, was seeing a client at the time and something happened. And Shannon was found on the south side of the Ocean Parkway as opposed to the north. I personally don't believe Shannon was a victim of the Long Island serial killer, but rest in peace to her all the same. But that means that there were crimes that happened after Shannon disappeared. And this serial killer just kept on operating. And um, the discovery of the serial killer graveyard may have driven this person to stop. But I think something that is very important to note is that if this person is primarily going after the Gilgo Four victims in June or July, the summer months, I mean, June 21st is when the summer starts, right? How do we know that they're the only ones. And I know that that's just some type of wild speculation question, but how do we know that? Could this person not be committing murders in other places? Because this seems like a sexually motivated serial killer who's going after sex workers all the same. I mean, lots of serial killers do this because they get them in a vulnerable place, but it's very likely that there's some type of sexual animosity going on. Yet this person's only doing it once a year in June or July, and... I mean, it's very, very confusing, but um, I will keep going with this article here. Megan Waterman is believed to be one of at least 10 victims, killed between 1996 and 2010. At a press conference on Tuesday, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney K. Harrison announced that the department has released five surveillance videos showing Megan Waterman in the lobby of a Holiday Inn Express in Long Island between... June 4th and June 6th of 2010. We have released the video surveillance footage and photographs of the last time one of our victims, Megan Waterman, was seen prior to her death. Harrison said that Megan Waterman was wearing a yellow sweater and has shown both arriving and leaving the hotel. What we believe she did at the hotel that night was go out to meet her killer, Harrison said. At the press conference, Harrison also announced that a completely revamped website called Gilgo News dedicated specifically to disseminating information about the investigation into the unsolved cases. The website was updated so that investigators can effectively release more information to the public in a timely manner. Harrison said that Suffolk County, in partnership with the Crime Stoppers, has doubled the amount of reward money from $25,000 to $50,000 in information 
leading to the arrest and conviction in the case. Megan Waterman, like several other victims whose remains were found, identified in the Gilco Beach area, worked as an escort and advertised on Craigslist. As I said, that's why they're calling this person not only the Long Island serial killer, but also the Craigslist ripper, Gilgo Beach killer. Lots of nicknames, but we still have no idea who the actual perpetrator is. Megan Waterman is one of the Gilgo Beach Four. The name was given to a group of women who were last seen between July of 2007 and September of 2010. The other victims were Melissa Bartolome, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, and Amberlynn Costello. But do you remember that I said that Megan Waterman was the youngest victim of the Gilgo Four? Then they list the ages here. Megan Waterman was 22, Melissa Bartolome was 24, Maureen Brainerd Barnes was 25, and Amberlynn Costello, whom I'll do an episode on in the future, was 27. So this person is really going after women who are in their 20s, and there's been a lot of debate about this with the earlier victims in the Manorville Butcher years, because they're still unidentified, right? Fire Island Jane Doe, Peaches Jane Doe, Cherries Jane Doe. Sometimes they estimate that they would be maybe as old as 50. If this is the same serial killer, I think that he would be going after women mostly in the mid-twenties, I mean, age 22 to 27. This really is somebody who is targeting women in their mid-twenties, and I don't know if that's just a preference. I don't know if that is something to do with hating his mother. I'm really not sure, and a lot of it is just going to be guesswork, but it definitely seems that the Long Island serial killer, again, if it is one person, has nothing to do with race or motivation, because with some of the victims, particularly Peach's Jane Doe and Cherry's Jane Doe, their bodies were mutilated, but to the point where they aren't completely sure whether or not they were black or Hispanic, Latina, so, I mean, it's possible they could be both, but it's just, um, it's uncertain. However, it definitely seems like if they had, if that is the case, the Long Island serial killer would be going after women in an age demographic as opposed to a racial or ethnic demographic. The grim discovery of the women's remains was sparked by the 2010 search for Shannon Gilbert, age 23, who also worked as an escort. According to the police, Gilbert was seen running through the gated community of Oak Beach after leaving the home of a client. And um, it was Tyler Grover who pointed this out in the comments section. Okay, if Shannon Gilbert is not a victim of the Long Island serial killer, that is just a coincidence beyond all coincidences that a woman who was working as an escort just ran away, had a manic episode, and died in a marsh next to a serial killer graveyard where women of the same age just happened to have been murdered and discarded. I mean, it would be totally different if it, I, I said this last week, if she were like a 39-year-old man who was some type of college professor or something like that. Nope, same age, same occupation, same reason for being on Long Island. I mean, it could just be a massive coincidence, or it could be what I said to the contrary, that perhaps those, those communities, Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach, are just bringing in escorts from the city very frequently to that people, mostly the men, are bringing in escorts from Long Island, sorry, bringing escorts to Long Island very regularly, 
and that two tragedies happen to collide, it's not impossible, but it is quite shocking. I mean, as I said, all of those things are matching up. Even the particular age that Shannon is 23, and the Gilgo 4 are what? 22, 25, 27? Um, it, it's mind-boggling. In 2010, while police were searching for Shannon Gilbert, they discovered the remains that would later be identified as Melissa Bartolome. Within three days, they discovered the remains of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Amber Lynn Costello, and Megan Waterman, and they were found in a very close-by area. As the search for Shannon Gilbert continued, investigators found the remains of a fifth suspected victim in March of 2011, several miles east of where the Gilgo Beach Four were found. These partial remains were identified as belonging to Jessica Taylor, whose other remains had been previously found in Manorville, some 45 miles away from Gilgo Beach. What on earth is happening? If you're listening to this now and you've made it this far in, why on earth would somebody do this? 45 miles? In 2003, somebody took the effort to separate Jessica Taylor's remains by 45 miles but not with the Kilgo 4. Nope. Just the, they were discarded in burlap in the brushy area of um, Gilgo Beach. What, what could possibly be going on with that? And I have said several theories and hypotheses about what that could be. But um, definitely someone was going through a very, very long effort. Very, very great effort to hide and separate and scatter the remains of these dismembered women, but not a, not after 2007. The authorities do say, that indeed, that they are they have confirmed that the same person murdered Jessica Taylor, who murdered Megan Waterman. But it is very very perplexing. Additional victims discovered in the Gilgo Beach area include Valerie Mack, who disappeared at the age of 24 while living in Philadelphia. Valerie Mack was previously known as Jane Doe number 6 before she was identified, and a female toddler was found, and the woman believed to have been the toddler's mother, that is, Peach's Jane Doe and Baby Doe, as well as an unidentified Asian male. And yes, I haven't done an exact episode on him, but more or less he was a cross-dresser. The Suffolk County Police Commissioner established a multi-agency task force that includes representatives from the FBI, New York State Police, and the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office, as well as the Sheriff's Office, to reconfigurate the investigation and bring the person or persons responsible for these crimes to justice. Multiple females, one male, and one toddler were robbed of their lives. But, um, they say multiple females, but, um, I believe the toddler was also a girl, so she would have been a female. That's just kind of poorly, uh, worded because um, the toddler also wore some very similar jewelry to her mother. And the uh, crimes occurred between 1996 and 2010. Well, you did hear that statement there. Person or persons responsible. So, may, does that not suggest that they might be looking at some, either some type of serial killer team, or what you guys really like to talk about in the comments section is, that these are the henchmen of some type of thrill-kill club, that maybe the wealthy elites who have vacation homes on Long Island were not, were not dismembering the bodies of the victims, but they were responsible for the murders 
and they paid an enforcer to get rid of the bodies. But after 2007, they started using a different person to do the discarding, and that's why there is this change. That ties into the snuff ring theory, which I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna lie to you, isn't the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. In most cases, such as perhaps the Zodiac case or the Manson family murders, I tend to stay away from the snuff ring. But in this one, um if there is a certain degree of plausibility. But um the final uh, lines here are that there is that website one more time, Gilgo case as well as Gilgo News. And they are calling for the decades-long investigation into one of the most consequential homicides investigations in the history of Long Island. And one more time, this article was written by Marisa Sarnoff. And now is the point where mostly I'm going to be turning it over to you. And I want to um, point out that the crimes do seem very similar that have happened with the Gilgo Four. All the victims are strangled. They're discarded very close by to each other. Oh my goodness. Yet, they are in proximity of one of the victims who was dismembered, and that person drove 45 miles in the other direction to have part of her remains discarded in Manorville. Is this the same person, or is it not? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, if some way, somehow... You were able to say that there were two serial killers. Okay, so there's a Manorville butcher who operated until 2003, and then the Long Island serial killer started operating in 2007. Yeah, but who were they? I mean, that might be one piece of the puzzle. That might be the corner piece that you wanted to click together. But then what? Do you ever experience that in the true crime world? The concept of once you begin to learn more, you get more questions and no answers. That's all I'm thinking about right now, because here's another reason why people think that the Long Island serial killer is actually two different people, the Manorville Butcher and the um, and the uh, Lisk. And that is that Baby Doe was placed near the body of Valerie Mack. Jane Doe 6, and for the longest time they thought that Valerie Mack was the mother of Baby Doe, but she is not. Peaches Jane Doe was the um, daughter, uh, was the mother of Baby Doe, and those are still Manorville butcher crimes, but they're like, someone made an effort to separate the victims, but then they just ended up placing another victim's body so close by. That's why people think that it's this multiple killers operation, snuff ring theory, and Or it doesn't even have to be some type of organized thing. As I said, uh, that other person who wrote out the comment that perhaps if there are murders that are taking place on Long Island, people are favoring that particular stretch of Gilgo Beach because it's a secluded area where they know they're going to be uninterrupted. But then how do you explain dumping the bodies of the victims in Manorville miles and miles and miles away? And I wish I just had a more solid theory for you saying all right, here's what I think happened, and this is the person who did it, and this is how he did it, and this is why he did it. But I don't, but um, this uh, series is going to keep on going, and hopefully we will get some more answers. But does anything strike you about the timeline, operating almost only in the months of June and July? You know, if um, if um, looking at that one group of murders, the Gilgo Four, 
the first three of them. Is there any possibility that this is a seasonal worker or someone who's only there for, say, the summer? What do you think? Please weigh in in the comment section down below. Rest in peace to Megan Waterman and the other victims of the Long Island serial killer. And I'll see you guys over on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.